Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. It is Monday and we are here with you yet again to rescue the beautiful and sometimes not so beautiful art of homemaking. From the daily grind, we are wearing uh, red lips most of the time, never denim jumpers. I am your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, the YouTube, the Instagram, the website, etc., etc. And I am joined by my best girlfriend, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead and Shay Elliott over on Instagram. Good morning. Good dear. morning. How are you? I'm still a little sleepy. <laughs> I think you can probably tell uh, by yeah. my voice. <laughs> you know, maybe a little it's still swollen under the eyes. All, it's early, but here we are. A little puffy. A little puffy. Yes, we are here. And we are going to do our best to just amaze you all today. <laughs> we had some fun our- on the show last week. I'm joking. We're just we're just here. That's it. I'm we just are kidding. here, but we are diving into a topic today that has probably been one of our most requested topics, mm-hmm. and we're just now getting around to kind of sinking our teeth into it. So I think that will excite them. Yeah, and we're going to do our best. And if we need to uh, come back to this topic and revisit it, uh, we will be happy to do so. Before. We get going, Shay. I have to give a shout out because it's so fun when I'm out and about and I meet people that listen to the show. This one was a fun one. I was at my uh, grocery drop, picking up my groceries uh, last week and met two lovely ladies, Autumn and Madison, mother and daughter. They listened to the show. They loved the show. They binged the show the whole way (laughs) to the drop. And... um. The ironic thing is they lived an hour from you and just moved to Wisconsin. Oh, that's funny. This is funny. Yes. So they they made the trip in their vehicle. Took them a couple days. I said, well, I've been trying to convince Shay to do it. They said, you definitely can, especially if you have your air conditioned seats, you can do it. But yeah, just a spontaneous move to... uh, to Wisconsin. Yeah. Which I thought was great. So hello, Autumn and Madison. Thanks for listening to the show. It was wonderful to meet you. Yeah. There's uh, a lot less people in Washington than there used to be. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Shocker. Like, wait a second. <laughs> Especially because where we live, right in the middle of Washington, Idaho is like you go um, two and a half hours west and you're on the coast in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go two and a half hours east... You're in Idaho. So people are like, wait a second. I could live two and a half hours that way. And it's kind of like a different world. So alas, there's been a mass exodus to Idaho or Wisconsin or Tennessee or Arkansas. All all viable candidates. They did. They said it was a toss up between Tennessee and Wisconsin. Yep. uh, See? They ended up here. Exactly. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to uh, Dairyland, or whatever we call this state, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yes, a big oh welcome. my goodness. Well, since it's Monday and uh, it's going to be a long one, why don't we cue the wine music? Okay, okay. There we go. So, lovely homemakers, uh, we would like you to bookmark this page, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, before we dive into our conversation today, which we will be talking about working mothers. Dun, dun, dun. The timing we of that was amazing. We invite you to pour a glass with us. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> the little kiddo come in. So we invite you to pour a glass with us later this evening, all week long, with dinner, out in your courtyard, on your patio. We choose to drink dry farm wines. Dry farm wines are sourced from wineries around the world and then delivered right to your doorstop or your local wine retailer if that if shipping of alcohol is not permitted in your state. But these wines are sourced from boutique, family-owned, small farms from all around the world. No nasty ingredients. Lovelies, when you are shopping the grocery store wine aisle, there could be up to 76 ingredients that don't have to be listed on the back of your wine, including genetically modified yeast, purple dye to give it that nice cough syrup color, all sorts of nasties. So we enjoyed, we invite you to enjoy uh, natural wine because it's rare and it's special and it's très chic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Shay, what did you sip in the Elliott household this weekend? Yes, I did. Hang on. I actually pulled a second bottle. The first one I drank. The second one I used in my art studio as a, I was going to say, I see your beautiful prints back like there. Like a stem, Gorgeous. stem holder. Um, okay. Because I usually keep empty wine bottles, which is what these are. See how they have sticks on them? I use them mm-hmm. to hold props in my photographs, but they right. were flopping over because the branch was so heavy. So I had to go get a full bottle to counter. Do you need something? Uh, no. That's fine. It's interruption three, if you were counting. I've had William, Julia, okay. and Stuart. So Keeping a little tally right working here. Working moms, we're coming for you. Um, so this is one, semen, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, a beautiful blend. And it's what's interesting about this one is I have no idea what it is. It's one of the things I love about dry farms. It's like a little mystery. It's like a little gift. So obviously, yeah. this is a sparkling wine from Italy is what that it is. But okay. it's um, 70% Garganega. Sure, that's, I'm sure how that's you say exactly that. how you say it. <laughs> and 30% Thai Rosso. Okay. Like, have you ever heard of these varieties of grapes? Only when I've had Y'all, that bottle. Yeah. There is such a huge wine world out there that we're it's not- huge. So many varieties other than Cab Franc and Merlot and Sauvignon Blanc. Like these are ones we've heard of a thousand times, but there are all these like kind of heirloomy, small uh, fringe varietals. Niche. Yeah. Yes. And it's really, really good. I mean, obviously it's sparkling and it's white and it's from Italy, which that ticks all my boxes. Right. But um, this one actually has a lower alcohol than most dry farms. So here's how it works. The wine, obviously, the grapes have a certain amount of sugar. So when they're left to ferment, the sugar will turn into alcohol and you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. (laughs) That's what we tell our kids. You get what you get, meaning however much sugar is in the grape is how much alcohol it translates to a certain percentage of alcohol in your wine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of wonder about these varieties because I don't know them. I don't know if Varieties like this were phased out for varieties that had more sugar, Hmm. but it only is a 10.94% alcohol, so 11%. Um, Most dry farms are around 12, like we told you last week. Most grocery Mm -hmm. store kind of standard wines that you'll see are 
anywhere between 14. I've seen one at 16 before. Um, Have you really? Mm-hmm. Ew. Yeah. And so it's hard to it's hard to say, but this one intrigues me. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, spontaneous fermentation bottled without any further processing or filtration by Marco, Danielle, and Andrea. And I want to visit their winery. And I feel like a little kid throwing a tantrum that I might not ever get to go back mm. to Italy. But alas, I will drink their wine. So this is what I enjoyed will last come week. to you. So good. So I have another bottle to enjoy. Okay. So friends, here's what you can do. You can choose between red, white, rosé, or bubbly, or you can get a combination of those. Three bottles, six bottles, 12 bottles for our Homemaker Chic listeners that are going to be ordering for the first time. You're going to get an extra bottle for a penny. It's fantastic. So visit Homemaker, I'm sorry, pardon me, dryfarmwines.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Mm -hmm. and uh, sip some dry farm wines with us. We promise you, give it a few weeks. It's going to completely change your wine palette and everything else is going to taste like syrup and give you a headache. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We will now ruin wine for you for the rest of your life. Right? No, it does. um, You know, there are obviously other wines besides the one that dry farm sources that are good, that are made in this way. Uh, they're just right. harder to find. So you do kind of have to know what you're looking for. Um, yeah. The, the the convenience of Dry Farm is they're doing all the legwork. They're developing right. a really beautiful, intimate relationship with the farmer, which is the way right. it should be. Uh, you know, no big wine conglomerates here. Right. No. We should have Todd back. We should have Todd back. Can we have Todd back? Yeah, let's do that. And soon. It's been a long time. Yeah, like season one, I think. We we need to have him back because one of the requested episodes that we got from our fangirls over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash homemaker podcast, is that uh, they want to know how to pair wine with food. Uh, Mm. Maybe just a little bit further than like, hey, white with fish, red with beef, you know, kind of generalities, which aren't always true, by the way. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll get that on the schedule. We'll have Todd back on. And yeah, no, those generalities are more like a safety zone, but like there's a whole world. There's a whole world out there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, okay. as promised today, we are going to talk about moms working, not working in the home, out of the home, childcare, daycare, like we're going to go there. We're going to do it all. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to do our very best. And we're just going to speak from our heart. Uh, this is not – we don't have a big outline in front of us or anything. No. We're, we're just shooting off the hip. Two working Pacha! moms. So we're going to just sh- shoot off the hip. <laughs> Here we go. Which, you know you know how that can go. <laughs> It'll be great. We are, we're not going to offend anyone. I know it. Um, I think we should kind of start with a little bit of a backstory because – some people are popping okay. into our podcast not really knowing. They're not blog readers. They're not YouTube followers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're here just for the podcast. So I think we should start by sort of giving a brief history of what we do and how we sort of got here. Um, okay. Because obviously experience does shape uh, how we look at things naturally. Mm-hmm. And yet also, you know, Angela and I are both Christians, so we're also looking at this with an overarching non-subjective element. Um, yes. So there's there's a lot going on here. It is a tangled conversation, which is why we haven't uh, eaten that elephant, as it were, quite yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So here we go. Here goes nothing. Okay. Background. 
Go ahead. We starting with the, the sad story where we couldn't afford lip gloss and lattes, or <laughs> <laughs> what, are, well, what are we starting um, with? Why don't you just talk about? So, I mean, you worked before you had kids. Like you and Joel were yes. married for a decade before you had kids, right? Right. You worked all during that. So period. I start there. Yeah i i I worked and um, I either worked inside the home or outside the home. And uh, we had a business that I worked alongside Joel in or Joel with. And um, for the first year, year and a half would take the baby to work with us. That was not fun, packing plays and trying to find a dark closet to put him down for a nap so we could keep working. And um, then I decided like I need to I need to be done with that. I was having, you know, I was pregnant again and that was just too much to do that anymore. So I'm a very creative person and wanted to uh, see if I could help out financially by being creative. And I did everything. I made pies and sold them. I made soap and sold it. I did floral arrangements, um, garden design, like any, it was just all freelance, whatever was coming my way. Um, I would do that. And uh, it wasn't a very um, big contribution at all, but maybe it was a little mom money or pizza night money. And it was just as much as I could help at the time being constantly sick because I was always pregnant and having small children everywhere. Um, You want to Let's kind of tag team. So okay, start like a uh, fairly similar story. Um, always worked. Um, I went to college and got my degree in uh, beef production. So my plan was to go and work on a cattle ranch and to run a manage a cattle ranch. Um, and then I met Stuart. <laughs> Alas, <laughs> things changed. So we got married in that time. Stu went to school because uh, he had taken some time off. And so we were both working. He was stocking shelves at a grocery store. And I was working in the flower shop that I had um, worked at for a really long time before I went to college. And so, you know, we were just making ends meet uh, quite literally. We were, I think we were both making maybe, I think I was making $12 an hour. I think Stu was making mm-hmm. like nine. Mm-hmm. Um but it was enough for us to rent a little place and have our little, you know, family. And then we unexpectedly got pregnant. I unexpectedly. We knew what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't know it would work quite so well, you know. Um, <laughs> and that was just nine nine months into our our marriage, we got pregnant. So we had Georgia when we'd been married for eighteen months. And at this Mm. time I had, I had transitioned. I remember thinking like, if nothing ever changes, then nothing's ever going to change. I'm going to be making $12 an hour until I die. And so I had went Mm -hmm. back to school and got my insurance license, which was a terrible fit for me. But I just, you know, I've been doing creative work for so long in the flower shop. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I need benefits. I need retirement. I need health insurance. I just need an office job where I'm not emotionally invested in my work and my art, which I hated. I hated it, but I did it. Mm -hmm. So we did Mm -hmm. have insurance when we had Georgia, which was great. 
But then I had to go and tell my boss, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. And that was a disaster because he's like, you haven't been here for that long. And, you know, it was just a horrible fit. And I Mm -hmm. even went so far, like when I remember getting pregnant and being like, I don't think I'm actually going to be able to like leave this baby. And there were women I worked with. That's what they did. They left their babies. They came to work, did their nine hours and then went home. And I actually remember that we're in a professional insurance office. Okay. And I remember actually Mm -hmm. asking, having the gall to ask my boss, like, hey, could I take that back office room and just bring her with me? <laughs> like, right. You know, you're just trying to make sense of it all. Right. Of course, he said no. Um, yeah. And so I quit. I found a different job. I went to work in a different kind of office, but that had a little bit more freedom. And I did take Georgia to work with me after I had her for about six. It worked for about six months. You know, when they're teeny tiny babies. Mm-hmm. Um. There, you have a little bit of wiggle room just because they sleep so much. And then when she right. started to be awake and I was trying to find the dark closet and she's crying while there's clients in there, it was just like, this isn't going to work anymore, is it? Yeah. And that was really hard uh, crossroad to come to. I think mm-hmm. the first uh, challenge in that is being like, I actually have to kind of draw a line in the sand on this. Do you remember that moment? Yeah. Yes. Um, we did something – so. I pulled the plug on like, uh, I guess, you know, my professional career a good time before having babies. Oh, okay. You know, and then we, then I went and worked together because we didn't want to be in a position where uh, my income was part of how we had – was our lifestyle was based on the contribution of my income. Right. So – like for a while, my income was lots of fun, but it wasn't, we didn't need it right. for our lifestyle. Okay. So I pulled the plug and then we worked together and I just helped build that up because of my bringing my skill set into, into that trades business. Um, so it was a little bit mm-hmm. different where when he was born, like we were hurting because we weren't making that much, but it wasn't like, oh, now we're going to just like subtract right. all of this income from what our mortgage is based on or right. whatever, you know? So, And that's um, where the ground gets yeah. tricky because I think of income a lot like space in a house. You'll see people who just think, oh, I just need, I just need a bigger house. What happens when you have a bigger house is that you just, you end up filling it. And you're just as crowded in that house as you were in the other house, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And the same goes with income in that you're just like, oh, I just need a little bit more and then X, Y, Z will fall into place. And um, it's a slippery slope because you will always expand. You're like a goldfish. You'll always expand to your habitat. So if your habitat Mm -hmm. is $2,000 a month, that's that's as far as you're going to expand. If it's Mm $5,000, you find ways to spend it. Um, our habits tend to carry through regardless of our circumstance. That's what I mean in that. Like if you have a messy thousand square foot house, you're probably going to have a messy 5,000 square foot house, you know? And I think that's a, that's a hard thing to accept when it comes to income, especially when you're talking about maybe one income versus two, uh, cause people have expanded to two and expanding is easier Mm -hmm. than shrinking (laughs) way easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I know lots of, I I wouldn't sit and say one income is not doable. Um but for us it became 
like profoundly stressful. It, sure. it was too much. Like sure. it, we were, uh, we got trashed in the like 2007, 2008, you know, economy situation. Like that was r- really bad for our family. And um, it just got really painful. Mm-hmm. And so I had to come up with a plan. Come up with a plan. I, more than selling pies. Right. Or making making little bars of soap, you know. Exactly. Um, okay. So where do we go from there? So uh, we did actually do one income for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Stu got a teaching job, which is why we moved to Alabama. Um, and we made it off of one income. I had one kid pregnant with a second, left my job here behind to to move to Alabama. And mm-hmm. holy cow, was that hard. And yeah, we did up to four. I was pregnant with the fifth child when we finally said, this is, we can't do this. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did maybe, uh, we just did that one full year there with me basically making no money at all. Um, and I loved it in in the sense of, I got to just, you know, be with my children, adjust. Um, and mm-hmm. that was when I started to do things like can and bake bread. And, um, yep. so this was a huge growth year for me because that was also the year that here I am at home, you know, we're agreeing on our budget. We're doing everything we can. Stu's taking out trash and private tutoring jobs and coaching soccer and teaching full time. I mean, he was busting it. And bless our husbands, we are both married to men who know how to work, uh, which is mm-hmm. a huge gift. Uh, but I think there is something in in some women who they're always going to be creating or investing in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some women, they don't have that itch to scratch. Um, and I don't really know what causes that distinction, but it was in that year in Alabama as hard as things were, I wrote from scratch my first cookbook there, mm-hmm. uh, which might actually be my best-selling cookbook to date, ironically, considering I wrote it on like a free computer that somebody gave us. This was before the years of Canva and these amazing mm-hmm. templates. I mean, this was, tw- I don't know, 12 years ago, 11 years ago. Uh, anyway, so even even in the throes of quote not working, those sort of seeds of You're work s- start because yeah, you were geared. You're geared up that way. Yeah, I'm geared that way. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. geared that way. Um, and and I think it is important to remember that women have different levels, uh, different capacities. Yeah, um, absolutely, and. What your capacity is, is like, I have friends still, and we've talked about this a lot, who will be like, I can't believe you bake bread from scratch. Like, I can barely get this done or this done or this done. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I have a different capacity. I know I tend to hum, and you're the same way. I tend to hum a little higher than most just in terms of like, I have energy. Like, that's usually not a problem for me. Yeah. I have drive. I have motivation. I have dreams and ideas. If anything, I have to pull back the other way. (laughs) Right. Because when you're geared up that way, yeah, you do. You're kind of like rein it in because it's hard for, you know, people around you to keep up. And that's not a reflection on them. That's like just that you, like you said, you're humming a little higher. Uh, Oh, rats. I forgot what I was going to say. I I did that the other day. (laughs) Like I'd start talking. It's her old age, you guys. 
start shut up early early onset forgetfulness um so oh, i guess man okay, let's let's so that's sort of our backstory we have both worked we have both not worked we have both worked with kids we have not worked with kids okay she remembers now Ugh, tell you what yeah. co-hosting with this one i remember uh well okay listen though but when you're it because it is all relative and everybody's geared up different what stresses other people out doesn't stress me out what stresses me out doesn't stress other people out. And I that's hate. why people can function in their different spheres. When people look at me and they're like, I don't know how you homeschool all those kids. I don't know how you're home with them all day. Da, 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 da. I look at them and I say, you know what I couldn't do? I could not get them out the door every morning, <laughs> packed lunches, matching shoes, clean underwear. That would kill me. I would die <laughs> in the first two weeks if I had to be obligated to the outside world in that sort of capacity. You know, I like to plan events. I like to like make things happen. Know what the menu is, the decorations, da da da. You know what stresses me out? Like going to an event that is like poorly planned. I'm like, okay, come on. Like, could you ask for some help? Like, mm-hmm. there's everybody has different, um, just different things that that wig them out. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. Homemaker Chic listeners, this is Angela, and I am inviting you to join my Old World Design Society. The beautiful, full-color, no-ads, old-world design society summer magazine is now available. And with your magazine purchase, you can be a part of our summer session in our private design forum. A unique combination of a magazine publication and online support group. The Old World Design Society is a place for individuals just like you who cherish the elements of a bygone era. As a part of the Old World Design Society, you can join us this summer and study how to develop a room theme, learn about collecting oil paintings, creating a gallery wall, and we'll look into all the different styles of Old World, British, French, Swedish, and more. Enjoy a quarterly publication, print or digital, and our private society forum. Are you craving design inspiration? Looking to skill up in decorating your home? Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. Get your summer magazine while they last, and I will see you in the forum, and we will create fabulous spaces together. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20. Summer is here. We are line drying our linens or lounging in bed after a long day of gardening, and we are doing both of these things with our American Blossom Linens. Softer with each washing, these are our favorite sheets. As fans of vintage linens, these are the best sheets ever. In fact, we call them modern vintage and you need to be sleeping on them. With a process called combing, all the rough fibers are pulled out of these organic, Texas-grown cotton sheets. This creates the softest, most beautiful linens for your home. Invest once, because American Blossom Linens are woven to last a lifetime. That's right, invest just once and never again with American Blossom Linens. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use our exclusive coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 for 20% off. Well, and everybody has different strengths. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. can it be that simple? Everybody has Please. different strengths. Your strengths and your situation are going to look different. That being said, and again, this is coming from two women, by the way, who work. <laughs> we are working moms and, and we should yeah. talk about exactly what that looks like because I think people are curious uh, how we sort of structure things as a stay-at-home mom and and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> stay-at-home, work-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. 
But the reality is, though, I am pro, if you want to put it this way, I'm pro women working. Women have worked. Women have always worked. And the Mm -hmm. idea that a stay-at-home mom doesn't work is really sort of this, like, I mean, I would even argue, like, in the last 30, 40 years idea that um, a lot of times when we think of a stay-at-home mom, like, let's just come up with one in our our brain. So she drives her, Mm -hmm. you know, $70,000 SUV, and she's shuttling her kids to and from soccer practice. She's in a tracksuit with an iced latte. She's in a tracksuit with her Starbucks and she's, you know, we've got a play date here and then I got to go meet my trainer here and then we're going to go, you know, we're going to Bible study Wednesday morning at nine. And yeah, exactly. That is Mm -hmm. kind of a new version of what a stay at home mom is. She is a consumer of Mm. stuff. She's a consumer of money. (laughs) You know, she's, she's, kind of just this liaison point of contact for all the people in her family. Yeah. And not necessarily. We're talking about the stereotype. We're talking about the stereotype. Yeah. I'm talking about stereotype. She's, she Mm -hmm. is consumer. A lot of times women who are in this position, they don't, they don't cook. Okay. So like they're just getting a bunch of takeout. And again, she's probably really good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's not contributing um, in the way that women used to contribute to the economy or to the the producing part of a home. Does that make sense? I, yeah. I, well, I feel like it's a modern stereotype of a stay-at-home mom. Like if, if you looked at like an 80s stereotype, like my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom. Okay. Okay. There was always bleached kids in the windowsill, air drying. The laundry was always done. There was always a meal we could not afford to go, to, we, you know, carry out. And like mm-hmm. sometimes we got a pizza, you know, there was either a pot roast on Sunday after church or like if we were really living large, we would go out for dinner after church on Sunday. She was like, the lawn was always mowed. There was always fresh flowers on the table. Like she was a like quintessential 80s stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. would meet us at the corner, make our little brown bag lunches. But you know what she did on Saturday mornings? She waited tables. At the restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, you know what she did when we finally were all in school. She worked at Casual Corner in the mall, and but she made sure to be home by the time we got home. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's it's just different. Like that seems more like eighties to me, and then like what you're describing seems more like this modern stereotype. Yeah, but but women have always worked. Um, My grandmother would be called a stay at home mom. She was a farmer's wife. She had five children. She was home, but she worked she actually she drove the grain trucks like that's she'd meet them in the fields the Mm -hmm. truck would get loaded up she'd take it to the to the grain elevator she worked really hard uh you know taking sandwiches out to the guys with the baby in the front seat you Mm -hmm. know before they used car seats um i just think there's this like sort of weird idea that this this working mom thing is a modern idea, modern invention or something. Well, and that's... It's not. No, it's not at all. It's not at all. And I know we've referenced this before, but I think it's worth referencing again, you know, um, scripturally, if we go to the example of the Proverbs 31 woman, she looks Mm -hmm. well after the way of her household, um, 
And we could take that in a lot of different ways, but she also goes to the market and she's also investing in real estate. I mean, she's, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's, she's doing her thing. She's adding value to the economy and to the aroma and to, you know, ultimately this little Mm -hmm. hub of her home. And women have done that historically for as long as there have been people, whether that is, excuse me, whether that's having a garden and growing some vegetables for your home, or it's, you know, I mean, I think about the craze that went in the nineties, like the, the couponing craze where it was like, this is yes. how I'm going to contribute to my home. I'm going to get our groceries oh, yeah. for free. Like watch me go. Right. <laughs> click, 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 exactly. <laughs> but there was loved getting stuck behind those people. Yeah. On the checkout lane. <laughs> this one and this one and the little plastic thing. Oh, with the, the rubber band. Thing. <laughs> like, right? I remember that was one of the first blogs I read was a I didn't read it because I didn't follow it, but I just was like, oh, this is what a blog is. You know, it was a couponing blog. Um, Oh, cute. Anyway, women have found ways to contribute other than like, hey, our, you know, our kids are socialized. Like that Mm -hmm. seems to be like, that seems to be the, uh, the value we put into things like, oh, we're going to do play dates. Oh, they're going to do play practice. Oh, they're going to go to this camp or, you know, which are, those are good things. I'm not saying anything against Mm -hmm. those. I just mean, again, the stereotypical modern woman, women have always worked. And so we kind of need to get over that idea of like, either you're a stay at home mom or you work. No. Yeah. Like those barriers don't exist. Those are false. Right. And so we cannot categorize people or experiences into those categories because they simply don't exist. Um, Mm. I think about my friend Natalie, who I talk about all the time. Um, Natalie is a Latin scholar, quite literally. Okay. Like, Mm -hmm. she's smart. She taught at college. She was a teacher there uh, at New St. Andrews in Idaho before she got married. She got married, Mm -hmm. I think, a little bit later in her 20s. I think she was 28 or 27. Anyway, um, so she stays home. Now she's home full time with her children. She homeschools her four children, um, does amazing work in just keeping a home, opening for hospitality, doing all the church events, doing all the things that you would sort of expect a quote, stay at home mom to do. Um, and yet she'll go and back to Idaho and record. She does like these video recordings of her Latin lessons because she wrote a Latin textbook because, oh, okay, <laughs> that's the caliber that we're talking about. And so right. she wrote this Latin textbook. I remember when she was writing it, when her kids were babies and they would go to bed and she'd be just like, blah, 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 just, you know, writing a Latin textbook, no big mm-hmm. deal. And now she'll go and she'll record these videos. So even like the most stay at home mom that I know is still, she's still hustling. She's still doing mm-hmm. amazing things with this gift that she's been given, with these strengths that she's had in a capacity that works for her and her family with what they have set up. And so, like, let's let's just let go of those molds that we're trying to hold people to. Yeah, as we go about the rest okay. of the conversation, mm-hmm. um, because imagine this: we're kind of unique. Our family situations are unique. Our strengths are unique. Um, our experience with our parents and what we went through with that is unique. So, let that go. Um, so we get a a lot of questions about what our, uh, Mm. routine looks like. I mean, you, you know, yeah, we've got, we're unique. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, you know, we our always, setups are similar and different. And yeah, we're always talking about keeping it between the rails. What mm-hmm. I mean by that is like if you can picture a car going down the road, you got the guardrails on both sides. Like, let's just try to stay out of the ditches on either side of the road. Yeah. But being a work at home mom and all the twists and turns that our our specific experience has taken, I feel like a drunk driver in the car who's just <laughs> like <laughs> I'm very I'm slamming into this rail. I'm slamming into this right. rail. I'm like, could da, you just stop? Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like. Right. Where you're like, I got no this. matter I got what you guys see on Instagram, guys. <laughs> yeah, oh exactly. Um, Those sirens in the rearview mirror. Oh gosh, seriously. So, uh, yeah, let's see. How did this work in our timeline? We both worked, built up our blogs, wrote cookbooks, did all these things um, before our husbands came home. So both Angela and Stuart, sorry, both Joel and Stuart. Mm-hmm. are sort of home full-time running our businesses with us now. Yeah. So they they don't work out, outside the home anymore. Well, and that that came about uh, when we were uh, more active in doTERRA, mm-hmm. and it just got to the point where, like, this is silly now for you to leave because what I'm doing takes less time, and we can be mm-hmm. together as a family, and quite frankly, now I need help. Like, mm-hmm. like with, with Joel, like I used to help you now, actually, I need you to help me mm-hmm. because I can't, I can't fulfill my obligations with when you're gone all day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need to find pockets of time to work and we'll talk about, you yeah. know, about our structure more, but yeah, it's, um, it's a great setup. It's interesting though. At yeah. some you know, having husbands home, everybody's like, oh, that sounds so cool. Well, it is. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've been, when you have gone through the years of doing it by yourself. I think it mm-hmm. can be a little tricky. I remember actually kind of really wrestling with this with the Lord for a long time because uh, I wasn't like, I didn't necessarily, I wanted to create, but I didn't necessarily want to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was really sort of this tricky wrestle of like, I really can't stop this stuff from coming out of me. It's like vomit. It just has to, it just comes out um, mm-hmm. with uh, with making that a business online, which is, again, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that. But, but I kind of remember wrestling with the idea of like, I've been praying for our family to to be able to be a unit, to start this farm, to be able to be together. We hated having Stuart leave every day. I know some yeah. women are fine with it. Like I didn't really want to be away from him like that. We are one right. of those married couples that actually really enjoys right. kind of working side by side. Um, And I just remember sort of getting to the point of realizing like, you know what? You don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like the Lord's like, mm-hmm. here's this work I've given you. Like wh- what? <laughs> What else do you want? What do you want? Right. You know, here's this amazing opportunity to do this work that you love, that you're passionate about. And yeah, it's work. And yeah, it's a grind. But uh, it's as good of a grind as you could have asked for, ultimately. Yes. Uh, of all, yes. there's always going to be a bite. Always. No matter no what. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. If you get a no killer, high-paying job at this dream office that you've always wanted the bite is that you're going to have to find somebody to Mm -hmm. watch your children and you're going to maybe have to deal with 
them being yeah. exposed to things that you don't want them to be exposed to, hearing words, learning things. Like there's bites everywhere. Uh, if you decide to stay home, yeah. the bite is that you're going to get tired of being around your children. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the bite is that you're always going to kind of be having to think of the next thing if you're an entrepreneur. I mean, there's a lot of ditches and there's always something you're going to have to work through. Sorry, that went like yeah. 12 different directions, which might be the perfect that's okay. no, example that's, of what my brain is like. It's working like I said, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I tell Joel, I said, you know when you come up to my office and you sort of like yell at me because I'm asking the computer to do too much and I'm raging because it's got the rainbow spinner and there's 50 things open on the bottom and 400 tabs across mm-hmm. the top open on Google. Welcome to my brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is what I feel like. Mm-hmm. And w- like what we talked about the other day about keeping the house tidy. And like, that's why I do things that I do. So I can go and like close that window, close that window, close, 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 mm-hmm. close. You know, sort of put bring down yeah. what's going on up there. Totally. So there is this time of being a work at home mom that we've gone through where we have had to create and cultivate and just labor, quite frankly. Labor. Work head down and for hours. I mean, I mean, like during nap times, you know, getting a roast in the oven and getting that 30 minutes before it comes out. Yes. After the kids go to bed, getting up super early, like Mm -hmm. we have done it. But I think we need to talk about how we have done that without uh, or I guess attempting to not sacrifice the things that we have said are of ultimate importance. Mm hmm. Um, well, it's, uh, it's a challenge. I mean, because you and I like you work, you're, we like to work. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're effective and we do it well. And it's, uh, it's a place, uh, especially where you and I, the realm we work in where when we do a good job, we get lots of pat on the pat, little pats on the head. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't deny that that feels good. It's just like somebody going to the office and getting a great review or getting a raise or being called in and say, hey, you did a great job on this project. So um, I think one of my struggles is not like stop working, like just do enough and then be done. You can't be all things to all people. You'll you'll never heart all the comments. You'll never be able to respond to them. You can't even read most of them because you just can't, Mm -hmm. you know, like – that's for me, I have to like set parameters. Here's the little box you can function in because working at home being that, you know, I'm trying to create beauty. This is like this whole property is my canvas, you know, so work doesn't really stay in one room. I'm not the dad that gets to go to his study, close the door and work and then come out at lunchtime and dinner time. I don't have that luxury. It's very sloppy, mm-hmm. you know, and it's for me as far as I mean, we can talk more about routine, but like I catch my work in pockets. If I am going to have concentrated work time, um, I'm up at 430 doing that so that I'm not interrupted and not it's not taking away from momming or, right. or household things, you know. So let's talk about what you and I have sort of set as um, the un sort of the unchangeables or like the, this is what we're doing. We are a family and this is who we are as a family. And 
Mm-hmm. Work is malleable. And I think that's yes. important to remember. Um, I've been in the situations with work where you feel like I'm going to be here forever. I'm going to die at this job. Um, mm-hmm. This is impossible. This is the only way it could ever be. Um, and that's simply not true. Situations are malleable. Life circumstances changes. Uh, God forbid mm-hmm. tragedies happen. Um, mm-hmm. Blessings happen. Um you know, unexpected children happen. Like there's a lot of factors yeah. that go into creating a situation. So if you're in one of those like pinchy moments right now, just remember that it it really isn't going to stay this way forever because things do change. Write it out. Write it out. <laughs> yeah. um, so write it out. I remember having this, the conversation with Stu when I think I was pregnant with Georgia or she was new baby. Um, but he was just like, I want you to know that like, I see complete value. I mean, he was raised with a stay at home mom, but who also worked, you know, was the secretary at their school and played the piano for the church. And like, she had to find her ways to contribute. Right. Just Mm -hmm. like we all do. Um, but she was, she was there for them as their mom. And so he grew up in a culture where there was a lot of value to what a woman brought to a home and what she what she curated in her home. And so he just kind of voiced his support for like, if this is what you want to do, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, Because somebody needs to be with the children. (laughs) And I think that that, I know I'm treading on thin ice here because we live in a daycare culture. But Mm -hmm. that is not what's best for children. It might be what's necessary for seasons of life, mm-hmm. but children need their parents. And that's yeah. just the harsh reality of having children. Now, if you have your kids in daycare, I'm not saying that you're doing it wrong necessarily. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm saying that children need their parents and they need their parents more than they need anybody else. And when their parents only get to be with them for a little bit at nighttime in the weekends and for 50% of kids every other weekend, dare I say, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a Mm -hmm. hard, that's a hard situation to put your child in Um, because children are sponges and they take things in and, um, you know, we're supposed to be raising our children in a certain way. And every every parent is raising their child with their own ideals and uh, with their own objectives, as it were, right? So, okay, sorry, we're getting into the weeds a little bit, but R.C. <laughs> Sproul calls this the, okay. the myth of neutrality. So let's just say I, I, again, I have a worldview that makes sense of how to raise children. I raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, okay? Yes. What God says is good, I say is good. How he says to discipline, I discipline. How he says to correct, I correct. How he says to guide and to teach and to pray for, that's what I do. Uh, what God says is wisdom is what I say is wisdom. And so I have I have a, a manual that I am working from. But you also mm-hmm. get a lot of parents, and I know we have some listening because I get their emails. I know we have some parents who are like, no, we're not going to push that on our children. We're going to, you know, whatever it is that they want to believe or how, that's the myth of neutrality. Because you yourself in saying, I'm going to raise my children this way without kind of any guardrails, without saying this is right, this is wrong, this is the way it should be, this is the way it shouldn't be, 
that in and of itself not is saying a worldview. You are saying something. <laughs> you're saying something. That's a worldview. Yeah. That's your yeah. worldview. And you're passing yeah. that on to your children. That's what parents do. They mm-hmm. pass their worldview on to their children. Now, if your child isn't there, whose worldview are they getting? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's a hard question. And and I know, again, I know yeah. that this is thin ice, but there's a really great, great quote. Uh, don't be surprised when you send your children to Caesar and they come back Romans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love. This I'm sorry. Is, yeah. <laughs> Did you see what I titled Thursday? This is episode? what gets Did us canceled. This is what this is going to be episode? the cancel episode. It's fine. We had a good run. That's okay. Look, it's not a it's not a shocker. They they can. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it is one of the reasons, and I, st- I want to stay working though, because now we're getting into like homeschool, parenting, private school, education. Well, like, I just mean uh, like if you're going to work, like you got to do something. If you have kids, like you're going to have to do something with your kids, is what I meant by all of that. Yeah, yeah. So that was the unchangeable. Yeah. Somebody's got to watch your kids. So if like for right. you and Joel, it was like one of us is going to be here with them always like right that wasn't right. an option for you you had to kind of come together as a family and say this is the most important thing is that we're with our children during the day and that we have the yes. capacity in whatever we're doing for work to homeschool them right am i right in that yeah yeah and it i mean we looked at it it had to be a very pragmatic look at the situation because i we it wasn't going to be pleasant I mean, there was not a lot of income coming in. Right. And and like I said, we went until I was pregnant or until after the fifth baby was born until I actually started really contributing. Um, you know, as far as homeschooling, we knew we weren't going to be able to afford private school. Right. And that's kind of what – that's where I, I did not want to be a homeschool mom. Yeah. I mean, I – at all. <laughs> uh, but I thought, okay, well, crap. Like I can't send him all day and then and then try to undo between three and seven thirty or three and eight o'clock or you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I can't or not even undo, just try to balance out, you know. Um, that was our decision that that was going to be we would take whatever sacrifice was required there mm-hmm. as far as um saying no to things, say whatever, like, oh, good gracious, yeah. I didn't have a cell phone until like five years ago. So, you know, just saying no to things, to, yeah, to things that I, and again, that's, I don't know if that's the nice, like we said no to a lot of things that are commonplace for people. We drove yep. $3,000 rusty vehicles. Like we just kind of did whatever it took. And I don't, I, I don't say that in a self-righteous um, yeah. spirit. That was just our pragmatic look at the situation. Well, how are we going to muck our way through this? Okay. We're going to stay home because that mm-hmm. it seems too much. The other stuff actually seemed too much work to, to undo. And it would have graved me. I, I couldn't do it. Like, yeah, none. So, <laughs> yeah, I think those are the, this is a hard conversation because mm-hmm. These are hard things to have to admit and to deal with. They just are. They're not clean. Yes. They're not easy. They're not cut and dry. They're not easily put in boxes. If we were to do this episode and say, 
you know, this lifestyle choice is good. This style lifestyle choice is bad. Here's how you should school your children. Here's how you should raise your children. Here's how you should work. Mm-hmm. Here's how many hours a week that's appropriate. Like that would be stupid. <laughs> that would be stupid because yeah. um, that would be binding people's conscience where they're not meant to be bound. There's meant to be an element yeah. of discernment and wisdom and freedom in these choices. And you get to make these choices for your family, just like I get to make these choices for my family. And I might not agree with what you are doing because I'm choosing to do things differently, but say la vie, right? Like this is mm-hmm. good. And praise God that we have those freedoms to be able to even make those decisions because yeah. there's also people who live in other countries, newsflash, America isn't where the world stops, that don't have a choice, frankly. They don't have a choice. Yeah. They Sometimes they don't have a choice whether they have children right. or whether they don't have children. They don't have a choice when it comes to schooling. I mean, I believe that France has now made homeschooling How illegal. they're educated, if they're educated. Or right. if mom works. Right. Like sometimes yeah. mom doesn't get a choice. And sometimes mom is mm-hmm. widowed or sometimes something terrible has happened and dad is incapacitated or – I mean, mm-hmm. name it. <laughs> There's a thousand different nuanced situations in something like this. So I think, again, we're trying to get to the heart of of it and not spend too many times on the nitty-gritty details because those are subjective. Well, they're nuanced. And nuanced. Yeah, and it's it's, – yeah. Exactly. Uh, So (laughs) – man. Dang it. I know. Sorry. It's it's tangled. It's tangled. Mm-hmm. So what is our what does it look like? People do want to know what it looks like for <laughs> you and I to be working moms. Let's talk about okay, that. Okay, it's bloody hard and I can't tell curious. you how many times Angela and I have had the conversation where one of us is crying and um saying this is impossible and I need an office that's far away from my family. Yeah. Um there's no delineation. Um, I got the comment on right. YouTube, like, why are you going to all this time and effort to edge your garden beds in rock between the garden and the pathway? I was like, I need delineation between something in it's my one life. Of my favorite words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I need a clean line. <laughs> like you are now entering this zone because working at home, especially for an entrepreneur, it is just sloppy. Yes. Especially when for us, again, this is our unique situation here. We actually make our living from our homes. So from what it looks like and yeah, it's ugh. so it's really <laughs> tricky because yeah, yeah, it's just where my family lives. It's actually where we eat. It's actually where we lounge in front of the fire. It's where we actually mm-hmm. live. Also, I film my cooking community in the kitchen and I'm photographing mm-hmm. stuff in the dining room for Instagram and we're filming stuff for YouTube in the garden. And so it's our space. It's also our office. And it's freaking horribly hard to to manage that. I don't do you have do you have more encouraging advice? Yeah, I don't unless you think, oh poor oh poor you guys, then um I give I invite you to try it. <laughs> oh man. It's, because it's tough. No, I don't it's it is challenging. Um it's the delineation that, you know, I I'm really blessed that we were able to create an office and just being able to close the door because for years I stood at a dresser in our dining room, mm-hmm. in our living room with a computer on it. 
I stood. That's how I wrote my cookbook. Mm -hmm. Standing, laying a baby on the dresser and nursing while I typed. (laughs) So don't tell me that something is impossible because I will give you a workaround. (laughs) Yeah, it's – it's very true. It just takes a lot of it takes a lot of creative energy. It t- also takes a lot of discipline, and this is something I'm continuing it to does. grow in. I wish I was better at it. I wish I could say I've got it figured out. But I just shared with you guys last week. I just made myself a new worksheet. Like this is what mm-hmm. you have to do each day because I'll tell you the, the one of the the pits for me is like you had mentioned before. When I show up to work and I'm doing a good job, people are happy. And, Mm -hmm. um, there's an encouragement that comes from the world. They're like, Hey, you're doing a good job. Here's a monetary, uh, showing of our affection or, or here's a comment and praise Mm -hmm. of what you've done or, Oh, wow. Like your business is doing really great. And look how many new members you have, or look how many this or that. And that to step away from this world and to go into the world of like, he stuck his tongue out at me. He looked at me wrong. He's not emptying the dishwasher. Like that's right. hard. Right. And it's it yes. is a heart posture to be like, listen, I get it. <laughs> I get shift. why women are like, no thanks. I'll go back to work. Because this is uh-huh. like an entirely different, crazy realm of sanctification that's going on out here amongst mm-hmm. this dynamic of, of As having she points a points to her dining room. Yeah. Yeah. My children are in there. That's why I'm pointing, mm-hmm. pointing this way. Um, and so I think for the work at home mom, for me, I have to check my heart all the time and be like, we're not doing what's easiest there, Shay. We're not doing what feels good. We're doing what needs to be done as yes. a mom and as an entrepreneur. No more. Yeah. Let's stay no there less. for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as doing what needs to be done, I mean, I've struggled with the same thing. Like, this is a lot. Like, c- could you just go to work? Could you go find a great job? Because mm-hmm. I'm tired, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said, looking a gift horse in the mouth and just constantly, not constantly, but as hormones come or emotions or life moments saying, okay, this is, we have a line in our family. We call it blessed with work. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's from the movie Return to Me and the dad, he's like, oh, blessed with work. Or the the grandpa, it's so sweet. And it just really touched us the first time we heard it. And so we say that all the time. Mm -hmm. I have to remember that I'm blessed with work. Everyone has to work. Like this myth that there's a free pass somewhere is just a myth. So I'm blessed with work. Now, is it, like you said, completely and utterly challenging? Yes, but the the discipline required for me is going to be discipline a different discipline than for the woman who gets up and blow dries her hair every morning and has to get out the door to make it to the office by eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a different discipline, and she's capable of doing that. Right. I'm not, right. <laughs> and I'm capable of getting up at you know four forty five and getting my weeds pulled and my emails returned before breakfast is ready. You know, mm-hmm. so there's. But um, I'm going to pause you there. Uh, yeah, because we're actually at time. So why don't we just keep? Okay. Why don't we stay here? Okay, and we'll just let's just keep the conversation going, Thursday. and we'll we'll okay. post the second half on Thursday. Because I feel okay. like I don't want to leave people like that's all. We didn't we didn't really yeah. pick that apart. So ladies, uh, join us 
on Thursday as we continue this conversation. Okay. Um, all the information, all of our sponsors, uh, Patreon links. If you'd like to watch the video conversation of this, we'll make sure that those are in the show notes below the video and below the podcast, wherever, wherever it is that you're listening. Um, and then circle back around here on Thursday for the second half of this conversation. And we'll see you then. Cool. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.